Welcome to the I Love Winnipeg Real Estate Podcast, your premier resource for buying, owning, and investing in Winnipeg's real estate market. And now, here's your host, Adrian Schultz, who loves all things real estate, property management, and mortgage financing. I'm joined today by Ian Restall, who is a lawyer at Restall and Restall on Broadway in Winnipeg. Welcome, Ian. Good afternoon, Adrian. How are you today? I couldn't be better uh, to have such an esteemed guest as yourself. Now, if I recall, not only are you a lawyer, but you are also a longtime instructor at the University of Manitoba. Is that right? Uh, yes, that's correct. I've um, lectured at the university for over 30 years now, as well as conducting my practice. And Ian, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the scope of your legal practice? Well, in terms of uh, the areas uh, in which I practice, I'm what would be commonly referred to as a solicitor. So I do uh, non-court work. I would uh, be involved in commercial transactions, real estate transactions, wills and estates, negotiated family settlements, and employment law, as well as general contractual matters. When choosing a lawyer that specializes in real estate transactions, what should a person look out for? That's a bit of a difficult question. I think sometimes people uh, treat the legal profession uh, differently from from other occupations, and that can be a mistake. I think that uh, when I'm seeking a professional, I always uh, seek uh, referrals. I I talk to people who have been involved in in transactions and and find out what their experience is like, and then get, pardon me, a quality referral to a professional. And I think that would be the manner in which I would uh, look for a real estate lawyer. Aside from the cost of the actual property being purchased, what other costs should someone budget for when buying a home or rental property? Do you know, there are a series of costs, but what has become the, the largest cost, frankly, in most transactions is the transfer tax. And it's, it's substantial now. On a $200,000 home, it's uh, uh, $1,650, $300,000 home is uh, $3,650, and then at $400,000, which these days is is becoming um, not an expensive home in the marketplace, it's $5,650. So that's a huge expense. In addition, of course, the other out-of-pocket expenses would include such things as title ins- uh, insurance searches, registration costs, and then there are some miscellaneous costs like uh, courier services. Is there an average budget amount or formula that people should use when calculating or budgeting for the additional costs? To some extent, it depends on the value of the home, because as the home uh, becomes more expensive, transfer tax both in an absolute and percentage amount increases. So at the lower uh, level of prices, Perhaps a percent and a half or two percent would be adequate. When a home uh, is more expensive, uh, that might be somewhat uh, less than adequate, and you might have to have two and a half or three percent. I would add quickly if you're looking at a revenue property or commercial property, uh, the city searches can be quite expensive as well. In you know the the centralized search is uh, over five hundred dollars at this point, and there are several other searches you might want undertaken for uh, revenue and commercial properties. In speaking about land transfer tax, is that a city, provincial, or federal 
fee? You know, that's an excellent question, Adrian, because uh, those of us who are in the trade, we we forget that when you're approaching a transaction, you don't know all the, the intricate uh, details. Uh, that is a provincial tax attached to really the registration of a transfer of land at land titles. Now, do you happen to know if this exists in all Canadian provinces, or is it a Manitoba thing? Uh, no, I think it exists in most Canadian provinces with which I'm familiar, but the the levels vary. Uh, I understand in, in Alberta, for example, it's much lower, though uh, that might change with the price of oil. And in other jurisdictions, it would uh, rival Manitoba's. Perhaps a unicorn question, but one wonders, is there a way to avoid paying land transfer tax on perhaps a transaction such as a rental property? Typically, it's difficult to avoid. We've seen it not paid. Maybe that's a better word than avoid. Uh, But uh, sometimes it's not necessarily paid on uh, share purchase transactions if, if a company owns property and then the shares of the company are sold to a new purchaser. But we have to look at those things on a case-by-case basis. Are you a proponent of holding rental properties in a real estate holding company versus holding them in your personal name? Uh, I am, uh, mainly because I'm always concerned about potential liability. And so consequently, I like the added protection and creditor proofing that, that a holding company offers. Is it a major expense or obstacle to hold rental properties in a real estate holding company? I don't think it's a major expense. You know, what what might be required are the annual filings of the corporation and, and perhaps another tax return. But it's not prohibitive, especially if you have a fairly large or uh, you anticipate having a larger portfolio of properties. In my own life, I will not become involved in a transaction or own property without having a corporation involved. Fair enough. And that's from a legal perspective. Uh, definitely on a on a borrowing perspective, it's slightly different because obtaining financing for real estate using a corporation can be, and in most cases, is more difficult than holding that debt personally. Do you find in your practice, Adrian, I, I don't mean to ask you questions, but do you find that if you have a strong personal covenant, uh, that that will uh, avoid the reticence that some lenders have uh, with respect to corporations? Most definitely. There are numerous uh, Canadian lenders, uh, specifically monoline lenders, which are institutions that specialize in mortgages versus the full suite of financial offerings such as banks. And some of those monoline lenders do permit corporations to be on the mortgage. But you are correct. Personal covenants and the the personal uh, borrower strength plays a key role in being able to, if at all, a mortgage uh, in a corporation's name. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually been my experience as well. I would even argue uh, that the local credit unions are are quite good, in fact, at doing such mortgages with company or, or specifically real estate holding company names. I know personally, as you probably know, I hold my real estate in personal name. 
However, uh, that is for a variety of different reasons and factors, but I do understand the benefits and potentially the detractors of holding real estate in a holding company. Mm -hmm. What is the most common mistake that you see clients making when buying real estate, either a residence, a primary residence or second home, or a rental property? Is there any commonality in mistakes that get made? Well, uh, there are different mistakes, but some of them are fairly common. One of the things that people don't consider carefully, especially when two or more individuals are purchasing a property, is whether to, to own it jointly or as tenants in common. The difference is if you own it jointly, there's an automatic right of survivorship with the other owners of the property. This might not be something you want, especially if it's a, a property for commercial purposes where you have fellow owners who aren't necessarily the individuals who you wish to have the property uh, succeed to upon your death. So this is often not considered. And even couples who are purchasing homes uh, sometimes want the property in joint ownership, which of course, historically avoided uh, probate fees should some one of them die. But of course, probate fees have been eliminated in Manitoba last November. And so consequently, that's not a concern. The other issue, of course, is if you have a couple and they're both active in business or one of them's active in business and one is not, you might want the member uh, of the couple, the spouse who is in the in a business that might create liability not on the title because if a catastrophe occurs and liability ensues the joint owners are both uh liable to creditors or the trustee in bankruptcy and half the house could be lost so what we seek to do and, and what we consider at our firm is when we're interviewing uh, purchasers you know what is your occupation and what are the risks of liability and if there's a substantial risk uh, for one one party to incur a huge liability we would counsel them to put the property in the partner's name who uh, has less exposure to to commercial and other liabilities to clarify that a little bit further, so if one is married or perhaps in a common law relationship, one of the two parties could be on title alone versus both? Correct. And are there any, I guess, risks associated with that to the party who is not on title? Um, the only potential risk is if the union dissolves You've got uh, one party on title and perhaps the other party not, but has covenant under the mortgage. And this can create some difficulties. So that's a good insight. You maybe want to take stock of the quality of your relationship before buying property generally. It sounds like at some time you become a relationship advisor in addition to providing legal counsel. <laughs> well, I'm not sure advisor is the right word, but we can provide historic insights into the potential liabilities of any situation, including relationships. I should hasten to point out that our advice in this regard is not always followed. <laughs> Ian, how do people reach you? Well, I'm easy to get a hold of, but I'm an old-fashioned guy, so I like to speak to people on the phone. My phone number is 925-2525. 
Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Ian, for being with us today on this episode of I Love Winnipeg Real Estate. And before we finish off, can you perhaps tell us what do you love about Winnipeg Real Estate? There's so much to love. Uh, you know, there's the the diversity of of homes and structures. There's the stability of the market, yet increasing over time. And I think it's just a very solid alternate investment to the financial instruments that are perhaps often proffered as alternatives. Ian, thank you so much for being a guest on today's episode. Thank you for having me, Adrian. That was Ian Restall, lawyer with law firm Restall & Restall on Broadway in Winnipeg. We'll chat again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the I Love Winnipeg Real Estate Podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe and give us a rating, which will help us reach more listeners. Until next time, connect with us on social media and online at ilovewinnipegrealestate.ca. Estate.ca.